Harrison's music. No, no, no. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bull Brock at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And Bull, thankfully, football is back. We have a banner game to preview today as the Denver Broncos come to town to take on our sweet baby Arizona Cardinals. That's right. We're finally going to see the unveiling of the Jonathan Gannon era. It's going to hit the playing field for the first time. JG, his new coaching staff, tweaked the players. It looks like they have an eye towards 2024, but let's see. We got a lot to determine between now and then, especially with this preseason against the guy that, Johnny, we talked about a lot. Also, the debut for the Denver Broncos is Sean Payton. Can he turn things around? Cannot wait to see it. But let me add this like before we get into it. What a full display of everything that we've got at the PHNX locker right now. You got the Southwest Bias shirt on. I've got the Celebration in the End Zone t-shirt, the Red Zen. And then, of course, we've got the Greg Dorch new t-shirt release that you can get right now. Greg Dorch, of course, a member of PHNX Sports and PHNX Cardinals. You can get this fire shirt in the locker right now. The only thing that would make this better is if we brought on our brother from DMVR, Zach Stevens. He is the head uh, beat reporter host of the uh, DMVR Broncos podcast, a dear, dear friend of the program. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for jumping on, hanging with Bo and I. What has the Sean Payton era been like thus far? It's only been, what, roughly six months, but it's already left an impression, it seems like. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you guys already got a taste of it when he was in Arizona for what, like 12 hours and he's, you know, sending texts in the car with Michael Bidwell potentially or tweets, I should say, like you guys kind of got a taste of just the drama, the interest, the uh, uh, the stories that come with Sean Payton. And that's exactly what it's been. And it actually, one of the biggest stories that started with Sean Payton's tenure here was someone you guys are very familiar with, bringing back Vance Joseph, which is something I never thought would happen. I Not because the Broncos wouldn't be interested. I just thought Vance Joseph would never want to come back, and I'm sure we'll get into him in just a little bit. But then, of course, for six, seven months, Sean Payton doesn't say a good thing about Russell Wilson. We're talking about the $250 million quarterback that the Broncos just signed less than a year ago to that big extension. And so coming into training camp, it's like, is Sean ever going to say anything good about him? When he was asked about Russ, it's not like he would throw him under the bus, but time and time again, when he was asked a direct question, like, do you believe in Russ? He would say, um, you know, I really believe in this offense. Uh, Russ is fine. And it's like, okay, <laughs> we're definitely picking up what you're putting down. And then the national storyline at the start of training camp, Sean Payton comes out in a USA Today piece and essentially says, I believe in Russ. But that was like the fifth story in that mm -hmm. piece, because of course he goes and trashes the Broncos old coaching staff and Nathaniel Hackett. He says it was one of the worst coaching jobs of all time that he's ever seen. <laughs> um, and then says what the Jets are doing right now is just horrendous. The Broncos play the Jets in uh, week five of the season. So, I mean, Wait. it's been eventful to say the least. And then we've had training camp for the past two weeks. So it, it's been quite a time. Sean Payton is uh, keeping us busy. That's for sure. What do you read into it? I mean, you just got married yourself. Did you kind of give the silent treatment to your wife? Is respect earned in the Stevens and the Sean Payton household? Like, what was it? Can you kind of decipher what that was all about? 
You know, I have $250 million less committed in this relationship, <laughs> and I still am not afraid to uh, to to say my love for my partner in that right. relationship. Um, and you know what? I think it's extremely intentional that Sean Payton was very quiet about it for so many months, months for a few reasons. Sean wants to put Russ as one of the 53 players. Last year, I kid you not, it was anything Russ wanted, he was given. And uh, when the Broncos traded for him, Nathaniel Hackett was essentially bowing down to him. And you know what? On one hand, I kind of understood it. You just got a, a, a Super Bowl uh, quarterback who was likely on a Hall of Fame track uh, when, when you got him, and you want to make sure that quarterback's happy. Now, where Nathaniel Hackett went wrong is a week before Nathaniel Hackett was fired, he was still saying, Russell Wilson gets anything he wants. This is all about Russell Wilson. No, you only get that treatment when you are playing at a Hall of Fame level. You know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all of these guys, when they play at that level, yeah, they are essentially making decisions uh, that are bigger than just the team. And they aren't just one of 53 guys. And so that's one of the things that Sean Payton wanted to do was strip Russ uh, of a lot of things and say, you're our quarterback, but you're one of 53 guys on the roster. And another thing with it is it's going to be very hard to get out of Russell Wilson's contract, but Sean Payton's going to have no issue doing that if he does not turn it around this year. And so he doesn't want to tie himself to Russell Wilson. He doesn't want to say, yeah, Russell Wilson's my guy. I'm going to turn him around. And then if Russ comes and fails, that's a little bit on Sean Payton after saying like, I believe in you. Sean Payton's put himself in a win win position here because if he turns around Russell Wilson, he's a genius. He's that offensive mastermind that everyone thinks he is what that he showed for 15 years out in, uh, in new Orleans. If Russ doesn't work out. Okay. Bye-bye. I couldn't fix you. Sorry that you're broken. I'm going to go bring someone else in. Uh, it was too funny. So we, I mean, we squeezed that orange a lot during the off season or the tail end of the cliff Kingsbury era, the speculation on Sean Payton. I do think the Cardinals could have been a contender or more so a contender had they opened up the checkbook and maybe a little bit more of, you know, the personnel decisions. And at the end of the day, Michael Bidwell didn't do that. Uh, and I, I do think Gannon probably fits a little bit better what the Cardinals want to do. I mean, the Broncos are all in this year. They're, they're trying to compete, go to the postseason. While I think the Cardinals are going to be better than people think. It's like they're ripping this roster down to the studs in a lot of areas, right? Austin Ford comes in here and, and is trading picks for next year. They've got Houston's one, which we're going to talk about later on. I just remember we were at the combine and we saw Gannon at the tail end. But one of the first things that I saw, we walked into the lobby, we we're going up the escalator. You've got Sean Payton in his big, bright orange vest. He's got his little handler next to him. The guy who's running around doing things for him. And he had this huge blended frap from like Starbucks or something. I'm just like, yeah, that's the Cardinals are, are not in a position to accommodate that right now. I just, I feel like Sean needs to be in, in charge in control and that was just never what Michael Bidwell was going to do. How much do you Wait, think the, the, new the Frappuccino did? told you everything you needed to know? It did. It told that me very, it? very. Gannon's working out at 5 a.m. Sean's sucking down big fraps at 11, 11 a.m. I mean, you tell me what you'd rather have. No, but in all seriousness, I, I think Sean's going to be good. I'd be a hypocrite if I said all offseason, like, we want Sean Payton. He is a winner. How much do you feel like, though, the, the addition of the new ownership group in Denver played a part in getting him there? Because at the end of the day, most Cardinal fans feel like the reason he's not there is because Michael Bidwell just wouldn't pony up the funds. 
Yeah, and to be honest, Sean keeps pointing back to that ownership, the Broncos' new ownership that's worth anywhere between, you know, 40 and $70 billion, which is a very wide range. But even if you take it at the lowest, it's still the wealthiest ownership in the NFL by like three times. Yeah. Uh, and that that's a huge thing. And Sean says, that's why I wanted to come here. And you've already seen Sean really utilize that. The Broncos went out. They had average cap space coming into this offseason, but they spent the most money in the NFL in free agency. They dropped $240 million, and the way they were able to do that is it's a lot of cash being dealt out right now, which kind of helps with the way that these salaries go to help with the salary cap. Past ownership and probably a lot of ownerships right now couldn't just spend the over $100 million in guaranteed money and signing bonuses that they gave out. But Sean said, I want to do this. The ownership said, absolutely. The Broncos are going to do a lot of things in their facility with the stadium. And Sean knows that he just has an open checkbook to be able to do all of those things. He's even talked about it with the coaching staff. Instead of hiring assistant defensive line coaches, he's been bringing in pass rush specialists, which allows not only the guys to have a better title, but allows them to pay them more. That's something that not every ownership group allows. They say, no, 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 no. You're going to have a normal salary for your coaches, but Sean's been able to, to do whatever he wants financially, and that's a huge thing on top of getting $20 million a year. It's it's interesting with Sean Payton in that, you know, 12 hour day where we got some footage behind the back of a Corolla uh, and, and we we hung on to those for so long. I, I cherish those moments we had together. Uh, and then like VJ heads there, Zach Allen's there, Chris Banjo, I believe, is he's a special teams coach yep. for, for Denver. I mean, yep, there, there's a special teams coach. Yeah. How, I mean, how's the old gang doing? And who, who's who's kind of standing out to you to make the biggest impact obviously zach allen the whole thing is like can he if he stays healthy he's gonna make an impact but the guy pulling the strings on the defense vance joseph uh what are your i guess early insights on the return of ej i gotta say i've been shocked with Vance Joseph. Now, Sean Payton doesn't want anyone talking to the media if they don't have to. So we've only talked to Vance Joseph twice. And one of those times was two days ago. And I have been shocked with his comfort level coming back to Denver. I thought it was going to be awkward. At least one of the times there's some awkward things going on. And there's been None of that. And that's a big credit to Vance Joseph. Uh, now, the organization is completely different than when Vance was here, which I think helps a lot. But Vance has been so comfortable, and I think that's so key, especially playing under Sean Payton. It's a pretty intimidating dude to be playing under, especially when you're controlling the defense and he has the offensive side. He's been very comfortable. And so far, the defense in training camp has been good. The first 10 days, they dominated Russell Wilson, and it was looking really scary for us. These past couple of days, it's been a little more give and take with the offense and the defense, but the guy who has just been so impressive, one of the best players on the Broncos team in these first two weeks of camp, has been Zach Allen. He's been an absolute beast wearing number 99 for the Broncos. I mean, the interior pass rush he's provided, uh, the ability to bat the ball at the line of scrimmage when he hasn't got there there's an argument that he's been a top three bronco in training camp now it's Yikes. interior defensive line pads weren't on the first week so you can't fully tell but if you're going off just of what we've been able to watch he's he's been a monster and the broncos lost draymond jones for uh, the seattle paid him a little bit more to go uh, over there than what the broncos paid zach allen and i gotta tell you what 
the Broncos got the better end of the deal from what I've seen so far. Yeah, Cardinals are opting for replacement level players at their defensive tackle position, at least right now. It's a position that, I mean, we're going to be watching closely during this fall. And it's the weakest position group on the team. In part, they lose Zach Allen. They lose J.J. Watt. I want to do talk about Vance here real quick. I don't know if you're interested. We got a, a guy named Dennis Gardeck. We'd love to ship to, to you. There's a bunch <laughs> of like fringe players that are Arizona Cardinals. That it's just like, mm, these guys belong out in Denver. But in all seriousness, I will say, Zach, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. Like when the Cardinals were humming, he can play really good complementary defense. The, the, the offense has to be the strength of the team. And also for the defense to be good, it has to be overly reliant on veterans. But I, I do think that if somebody told me Denver made the playoffs this year and Vance Joseph was a good defensive coordinator, that would not shock me. I think where Vance gets into trouble, as you mentioned, like as a head coach, right? I don't think he's suited for that. And then when the Cardinals offensively are not good and they're playing backups and they're they're limited in certain areas, like the defense can't carry the, the, the team. So like, do you expect the offense to be a complimentary unit this year? Because it was what the worst offense in pro football last year. Oh, it was. And it was ugly, not just the worst, but ugly. And I agree with you, Johnny. I, a lot of people in Denver have a lot of high hopes for the Broncos defense. They can, it can be yeah. a top 10. Some people think a top five group. I think this, this, this group is going to take a step back. And it's not just because of Vance, but this team should win with offense. I mean, it's modern day NFL. You've right. got to win with offense and then have a good enough defense in the playoffs and really excel in the playoffs with that defense. And so I expect this group to take a little bit of a step back. Now, what's kind of interesting is for about the first 12 weeks of last season, the Broncos did have a top three defense when it came to yards per game scoring. I mean, uh, across the board, it was they an unbelievable. Defense. They finished 14th in terms of scoring they really ended the season uh on a down note and i think that's kind of where they're going to be this year i think they're going to be an average defense but you know what i think that's going to be okay and i don't think vance is going to lose his job because of that uh when you look at sean payton obviously he wins with offense but he took over in 2006 when he was hired by the saints you guys probably know all of these stats since you guys almost hired him but uh when he was hired he took over the second worst offense in the nfl he had that group top five the very next season. I don't think it's going to be that drastic of a change for the Broncos offense, but I think they're going to go from worst in the NFL to a top third unit, which would be incredible, but that's still better than what I think this defense is going to be. But if you have two top of the half, top of the half of the league units, then you have a chance to make the playoffs. And I think that's where the Broncos are going to be. I think they're going to be pushing for a winning record for the first time since 2016. And that would be a four game jump from where they were last year. If they do get to nine and eight. So that's where I see the Broncos being here. With Vance, I mean, the biggest issue we had with him is especially when the Cardinals were playing for nothing at the end of the season was his reluctance to play young players. And I see some talented guys on the depth chart, Drew Sanders, uh, young linebacker. They brought in Riley Moss, a guy late in the draft, a talented defensive back. You got the second year player out of Oklahoma, Nick Benito. Like, have you seen him maybe willing to play them if to get some experience? Or is he going to, like he did here in the desert, kind of go with the veterans. So I got to say, I've actually been impressed with that so far with Vance. Now, again, very early in training yeah. camp, but the young guys, the Jonathan Coopers, Nick Benitos on the pass rush side have been getting some a, a lot of playing time actually with the first team. But you mentioned two rookies, Drew Sanders and Riley Moss. 
I relied on you guys. When the Broncos drafted these two guys, I thought, oh, no, what are they doing? <laughs> and the reason for that is Drew Sanders is as vers versatile as a guy as they come. I mean, he's an outside linebacker. He's an inside linebacker, uh, like split 50-50. Riley Moss, he's a safety. He's a cornerback. And what you guys said was, man, Seems like Vance takes these hybrid guys and then just doesn't put them in the right spot. Right. So I go, oh my gosh, they spent their second pick in the draft and then a, a, a third round pick on Riley Moss. And it's guys, and I'm just, I'm so that's my big concern with Vance is that are these guys actually going to be put in the right position? But so far, I've been impressed with his ability or, or his uh, willingness to play young guys. All right, let's talk about it tomorrow night turf wars in a different way so the arizona <laughs> cardinals field has been let's say a point of contention on the twitter streets with uh your fellow bronco fandom here now you know <laughs> bo's at training camp every day i'm out there when i can and up until recently with the marlon mack unfortunate achilles injury it's been relatively healthy training camp for the arizona cardinals is this a real thing and i'll let bo speak on this too but is this a real thing with sean payton and company like where they might not play players because they're concerned about the cardinals turf if it was up to Broncos fans, absolutely, it would be a real thing. Sean Payton does not care at all. I asked him directly um, if it's going to impact two plays, and he said, nope. Like, he said, the field? No. Like, right. like what a stupid thought to even have. <laughs> uh, now, he says, you know, it's going to impact what type of cleats we wear, which is probably yeah. smart. But uh, for the most part, the Broncos are going to be playing their starters, the majority of their starters, uh, outside of the ones that may be a little banged up. Everyone's going to play 15 to 18 plays on offense and defense. So you guys are going to be seeing the full Broncos starting group out there. That's going to be fun. And I think we're going to see at least the, the bulk of the Arizona Cardinals starting offense as well, including Colt McCoy as he fills in for, for Kyler Murray, certainly the starting offensive line. Uh, but the, 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 the turf wars, Johnny, I love that. That's, that's unbelievable. I, my mentions have been overrun with Broncos fans, basically just NFL Karen on the phone, tagging <laughs> NFL at NFL PA, like it's irresponsible. <laughs> People, someone's going to have to pay for this if there's a, a, a catastrophe as far as injuries go. It's just, it's a football field that they did three weeks of camp on. And for to be honest with you, it held up relatively well. Does it look great? No, it looks like they're just with three spray weeks paint of paint out. Yeah, just throw some green paint on it. It's fine. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure Cardinals quarterback's going to have to get it out of their uh, uniform at the end of the day, the green paint. But it's the, the field is fine. It's a football field. And uh, it's unfortunate what happened with Marlon Mack, but I just I just don't think it had it played a role in it. And that's one of the things that the Broncos have been dealing with, right? I mean, it seems like Tim Patrick goes down. Did McGlinchey he dealt with some injuries as well in camp? Like it's been kind of rough, right? Yeah, exactly. And that that's really why Broncos fans are freaking out. They're they're willing to freak out about anything, and yeah. then you give them a reason to freak out about a potential lower leg injury happening to a team or to to one of their players because Tim Patrick's out for the year. Uh, yeah. He's there viewed as their third receiver, but really last year he could have easily been their number one receiver. He missed all of last year. He's missing all of this year by slipping on the Broncos grass. So kind of a you know you see the reports that Marlon Mack you know slipped 
a little bit Hold on grass. Let me maybe tweet that's not at actually NFL what PA. But... This is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Slippery oh, man. grass. I've, yep, yep. I've had a. Uh, I've had so, someone reached out to me this morning and said, you know, is this something that the NFL can step in and you know make sure the Broncos <laughs> starters don't play? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no way. Actually, if it's ever going to happen to anyone, Goodell would do that to Sean Payton himself. Like, just step over into Sean Payton. Those two don't have the best relationship. Right. Um, but yeah, so they lost Tim Patrick. Um, Mike McGlinchey, their starting right tackle, who they just paid $17.5 million a year to. He's out for a couple of weeks uh, with the sprained knee. They lost the guy that stepped up to be their third receiver when Tim Patrick went out. They lost him with the sprained ankle. Uh, and then they lost a backup linebacker for the entire year with a, uh, a lower body injury as well. So it's really just Broncos fans freak out over anything injury-wise, uh, and now especially because they've, they've suffered a few in the first few weeks. Yeah, we're looking at the quarterback position tomorrow. Zach, uh, Colt McCoy's play, Clayton Toon's play, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins. What what are the main storyline? What are the main things you're looking for on the field of play tomorrow from from this team and the players you're kind of uh, keying in on for the Broncos? Yeah. It's all about Russell Wilson. It's all I Russ. mean, this season is all about Russell Wilson and. At the first 10 days of camp, like I said, were really bad for Russell Wilson. I mean, he went four days throwing an interception straight. He went three days throwing an interception to the exact same player, Justin Simmons, who's a really good safety. But he didn't have his first touchdown pass in training camp until day 10 of camp plus all of the concerns that everyone already had about Russ coming into camp. I mean, things were as bad and as grim as can be. These past few days, these past five practices, Russ has really put it together. He's looked really sharp. Yesterday's practice, the last one before tomorrow night's game, he didn't have an incompletion with, with a couple of touchdowns included. So people are starting to really turn and believe in Russ, maybe thinking that, okay, Sean's actually putting together an offense that Russ can win in. Now we got to see if that was just, you know, Vance not really playing uh, to stop Russ. And we got to see it against a different team. So this is really going to set the tone for which Russell Wilson is this moving forward. Is this the Russell Wilson of the first 10 days of training camp where things were really bad? Or is this a Russell Wilson who looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback for the first 10 years of his career? Sean Payton is the only hope for Russell Wilson. That's at least how it's viewed in Broncos country. So this is really going to be a, a tone setter for Russ because if he goes out and plays great, people are going to take a huge sigh of relief. If he goes out and is really bad, it's going to take a lot to turn Broncos country around and really believe in Russ going into week one. He's Zach Stevens. Follow him at Zach Stevens DMVR. Can I, can I get one more question, John? I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah, I, I, I watched Russ's interview today, his media availability, and he ended it with Go Broncos. <laughs> Do you have grim news about Let's Ride? Is it dead? Oh, it. you know what? It's dead outside of one place. Russell Wilson's Instagram bio. That's the only place he hasn't wiped it from. So I think there's there's a slimmer there's a slimmer of hope that it's not dead. But I'll tell you what, everyone in Broncos, every single Broncos fan wants to never hear let's ride again. So I already saw some people in your comment section saying Broncos country, let's ride. That's the best troll you can have because Broncos country absolutely hates it. Remember the healing juice that he had in Seattle too. He's oh, yeah, about the, works, the water that cures concussions. Yes, yeah. yeah. I need some of that, man. After you know, listening to the turf wars all week. But <laughs> Zach, it's been a pleasure. One of our favorite people in all of all cities, Zach Stevens. Hope to have yep. you back on. Best of luck to the Broncos. Listen, we may root against Sean Payton for stiffing the Arizona Cardinals, but we don't root against you 
my friend, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Hey, right back at you guys. Love being on with you. You're the best, Zach. Zach Stevens, man. Follow him on Twitter, of course, at Zach Stevens DMVR. He's got all the great insight as far as that team goes. And RIP, let's ride. It's uh, it's going to carry on, though, in, in many people's hearts and minds and souls. And souls. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's going to carry on in my wallet. Yeah, right now, future bets right now on BetMGM. Teams to get the first overall pick. Uh, maybe flip on Houston Patriots preseason action. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, here in a little bit. But CJ Stroud, not looking so hot, which is good news for our Cardinals. And it's good news for you if you're uh, on the BetMGM app. First of all, if you haven't dabbled, what are you waiting for? BetMGM, the official sports book of PHNX Cardinals. We're going to be at BetMGM Sportsbook, the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium, every single football <laughs> Sunday. So much so, tomorrow, manana, it's the last home game. We're not going to be at BetMGM. So, again, in the meantime, before you drive out to State Farm Stadium, use that bonus code PHNX. Now, there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our folks in Arizona, place your first bet offer. Receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bet if it loses. Bo, you know this. I've lauded it all week. I, I need the Cardinals to come through tomorrow. $300 bet plus 145. Put it on the Cardinals. Put it on JG. Immense faith in this team like I have immense faith in our friends at BetMGM. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Football season's back. We got a pair of games on today as the Texans take on the Patriots. As Johnny said, we'll update you as far as who looked good and who didn't look so good, uh, especially the team that has the Arizona Cardinals have their first round pick and third round pick. But uh, football shame. season and preseason starting to hit full swing. Why not head over four peaks? Grab a couple ice cold, cold ones, and of course, delicious food. They've got a full menu from appetizers to entrees to desserts. But get in on the golden lagers, the kilt lifters, the hazies, the joy bus wows, the peach, gold nails, the hop knots, whatever you fancy as far as your beer drinking experience. They've got it at four peaks. Of course, you got to be 21 years or older to drink it. We ask that you drink it responsibly. And also follow them on social media, at Four Peaks Brew, at Four Peaks Pub, to keep up with Arizona's favorite craft brewery, Four Peaks. From everybody's favorite craft brewery, everybody's favorite quarterback, Colt McCoy, mainly my co-host's favorite quarterback in Colt <laughs> McCoy. Uh, so Colt's QB1 tomorrow, he's going to start. He's been in the news a lot lately for everything but his football play on the field. So um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not today. He joined a, a prominent uh, gambling fantasy football site as an analyst, as a right. co-host. He's going to be doing a, a podcast hit, a show hit. What is it? Twice a week, Bo Brock, for this entity. And I'm happy mm -hmm. for Colt. I think I've told you this off air, Bo. I think he's going to be a really nice broadcaster. He was calling USFL games as a color commentary commentator in the spring. But I mean, like, can we... Can we get to Kyler Murray first? Can we start this season? What do you what do you make of this? Are people overreacting? Am I overreacting to the fact that like Colt McCoy has competing, let's call it priorities, while he's the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, you're overreacting. And it's not me just taking the going into Colt's corner here. I, I just think 
I mean, how much time? He's he's just breaking down offenses around the NFL. He's giving his insight, like stuff he already knows. He's looking at film and he's he's just telling you what he sees. Like we've got Greg Dorch coming on the PHNX Sports. Don't you think it'd be hypocritical for us to say Cole well, McCoy can't be on a podcast and well, say Greg Dorch hey, is everybody the welcome Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch huh? is in the quarterback. Quarterback a little different. But you think it's really going to compromise Colt McCoy's ability to prepare for the Cardinals' opponent each and every week? I like I Colt. We know what Colt McCoy makes. He makes what four or five million dollars this year. He's been well compensated, in my opinion, as the backup of this team. I know he. Want, it just feels like, as Mike in the chat says already, like just my God, retire already. It does feel like like he's setting himself up for off the field, which is great. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's been successful in everything he's done in his life. Mm-hmm. But like. I don't know. We're trying to win games and you're not throwing every third day you're pointing. And so I just, it feels just, it's just strange to come out. That was, it was hyped up this week and it was unveiled this morning. I'm like, don't you have to play football here pretty soon? I, I get it. I'm probably making too much of this, but it's, it's not everything, but it, in my opinion, it is something like how much is of his head is really in this. I don't know. Look, he's 37 years old. He's got he's got to be thinking about have he's obviously planning for life after football. I mean, he's Kyle not Murray's, thinking about life after football. Clayton Tune, he's thinking about right now. Okay, that's great. And at, at this point, I mean, the the organization, as far as from the general manager to the play caller on offense to the head coach, they seem to be leaning on. They're going to lean on Colt McCoy's experience uh, until Clayton Tune or he gives him a reason on the field to turn to Clayton Tune. But it seems like they're they're confident. And Colt McCoy, is it is it like ideal in a perfect world? If you really want to be romantic about it, you'd say, "Hey, you're hundred percent of your quarterback's focus, your backup quarterback, you know, because he, he still is the backup to Kyler Murray." When you just look at the depth chart, like he's just he's biding time before Kyler Murray gets here. You'd love hundred percent focus, but for a guy at this stage in his career, for for him to kind of have an eye towards the future, I don't I don't blame him for that. I mean, it's an opportunity for him to maximize his his earning potential what what's the problem with that well hopefully it's not a problem because as dylan richards alludes to in the chat maybe it means he knows kyler murray is coming sooner rather than later bo brock and that is what i'm hopeful for colt mccoy has taken and the cardinals a nonchalant approach in my opinion to this training camp and potentially this preseason but bo could that be a telltale sign that colt has known maybe all along that a certain franchise quarterback is poised to rejoin the team before the start of the NFL season. Yeah, McCoy joined uh, Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports 987 yesterday, and he talked about Kyler Murray, and he kind of got into the conversation he was asked about, obviously, draft prospects and Kyler, you know, how how should he approach potentially this season with all that looming? Uh, and, and Colt had this to say about Kyler Murray. First of all, as a quarterback, like you ignore the noise, right? Kyler is so intent on his rehab and and focused on that and getting himself ready to get back as soon as possible. You know, I know that, like, I see it every day. And there's only 32 spots in this league, and you never take it for granted. I've played a long time. I've been the starter. I've been the backup. Like, it's a privilege to go out there and be one of the 32, and that's your focus. You're not worried about anything else outside of that. And I'm speaking for myself, but I know that's the case for Kyler as well. Like, look, Kyler's had so much success here. He's made a couple Pro Bowls. He was Rookie of the Year. I mean, you can go down the list of what accomplishments is- of what he's done. He's in the meetings every day. I know he wants to be out here as soon as he 
physically possibly can, which I think it'll be sooner than later. And, you know, then he's learning the new system too. So there's a lot of good conversations, and he's going he's gonna to be ready to go when he's ready to go, and I expect him to play at a really high level. Sooner than, right, than later. You got to like that. I mean, how do you feel about your backup quarterback being on a podcast? Oh, shut the week? hell up. No, Stop. how do you feel about that? <laughs> shut the hell up. First of all, that's, that's walking up the stairs, and that's the equivalent of doing like a hit after a game. That's the equivalent of a press con. That's not at his house, which clearly he's going to be doing for a third-party <laughs> entity that's taking a time. He's talking about the team. This is talking about the Cardinals. Don't throw that shit in my face, Bo Brock. I'm not here for that. I am here, however, for those sweet, sweet comments coming from Colt McCoy. Yeah. Sooner rather than later does not spell October to me. September, I think week one is in play. 100%, I feel like Kyle Odegaard, our friend at Compare.Bet, friend of the program, wrote an article. Like, Cardinals have to make a decision. Hell yeah, they do. In the coming weeks, to pull or not to pull from the PUP, I think he gets pulled. I, I think everything is trending toward, if you read bet between the lines and the tea leaves, that Kyler Murray is going to come off a of PUP in the next couple of weeks. Now, does that mean he's going to play week one? Not necessarily. He could right. come off a of PUP and they could say, Colt's going to play the first two games. Hopefully, K1 can come back week three or four. I'm okay with that. Don't you, you keep get... him on PUP. Right. He can't practice for four weeks. Don't you get this sense, though, in talking about you know reading the tea leaves throughout the offseason and how they approach the quarterback position and how Colt McCoy is preparing himself. He's preparing like he's the backup quarterback. He is. Like everybody, right. Like, and, and what, you know, what's how how much should you expect max for your for your backup quarterback to play? Like three to five games, right? Not I even. think five is Not like even. a lot. Not five yet. is a five is way like. Anybody who is seen objectively, and you need to be objective too, Mr. Bo Brock. I know you have a timeshare with Colt McCoy. <laughs> in Colt McCoy, this training camp, objectively speaking, he is not prepared physically and maybe mentally to start a quarter of the season or to start five games. No chance in hell he can do that. Can he spot start you and play the two NFC East teams that don't have great quarterback play to start the season? Absolutely. I'll sign up for that today. I like Clayton Toon. If I get assurance that Kyler Murray Bow is coming back week three and, and Colt McCoy is going to start the first two games, I'm fine with that. Put him on ice. But why is he playing in the preseason, though? That's my question. You're going to expose him now to multiple shots over the next couple of weeks because I bet he plays against Kansas City. I, I think the the longer He's, this he goes, has he has to he has to get reps in this offense. It's it's the footwork, the timing, it's it's all paramount as far as running this offense. It's so important for him to get reps in it. I just think Especially, you know, you like to point to it, the pointing and the non-throwing. It's like the the game, the playing in the game. That's why he does. He, he ramps up towards that. And he's going to ramp up towards playing in the regular season and starting the season potentially as QB1. And then Kyler hopefully coming back, you know, within the first month. Within, you know, what would make sense for him if you were to keep him off the pup or the IR. Where it's like the first four weeks. You don't just immediately, you just don't take that off the table. I, I'm going to get to this comment here. Angel uh, Lopez, did you read Dan Graziano's article from ESPN? Essentially yes. saying it's a long shot. We keep K1. Here's what I'll say about Dan. He does a nice job. He's, he's a great reporter. My take on Dan is he had a lot of insight and sources when different people were involved with the Cardinals that are no longer here. I think that is pure speculation. I mean, I, unless he's got a direct line to Monty Austin for it. And by the way, 
Go check some, and again, respectfully speaking, some of Dan's receipts of the coaching search for the Cardinals. And what was Graziano and company saying from ESPN? They were going to hire Vance Joseph, and they were going to promote Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris as co-GMs. None of that came to fruition. So Wrong. I would take that with a big, fat <laughs> fucking grain of salt. No one knows. <laughs> Kyler Murray can come back, and I think he's going to force the issue. You think there's a chance in hell if Kyler Murray comes back and they play better than people think that they're going to reach on some mid-round, first-round quarterback next year? No. It's Caleb Williams, and then it's everything else with K1. So I like Dan. Again, He's, I mean, Bo, he's not at the facility every day. He's not. This is the, He's part of what I think was the problem with the old regime where too much stuff got out where he was accurate with this. Right. And, and and here's what I'll say about Graziano. I think that this is the best way to put it without you know, crushing the guy. He's an analyst. He's not an insider. I, I, I view him as an analyst as far as breaking down roster moves, trying to forecast futures uh, and, and breaking down, you know, plays and trends and stuff like that. More less than like an insider, like Ian Rappaport and, right. and breaking news. Right. Uh, sure, he's got sources, but I, I just don't think that they're at play here. It, it seems like it's you look at a team that has two very valuable first round picks in their own, and that sweet, sweet Houston Texans pick that we'll talk about here after a, 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 an actual pick on the playing field uh, and what that tells us about the Cardinals' future. But they, I think in the article, they said they've got around a 24% chance of landing 1 of landing 1. one. And, and if that happens, that's when you have the conversation. That's when you have the hardest conversation you could possibly have. And, and, he, and he broke down the numbers. I mean, what he outlines is that the Arizona Cardinals, if they're going to move off of Kyler Murray, if, if the situation arises where they have won one, the C, he didn't play well even when he returned, and, and they're looking to move off of him, they've got to do it quickly. They have to move fast because if they don't, there's a window where they can trade him to a quarterback-hungry team and they can eat $46 million in dead cap. Otherwise, if they don't do it within that window, I believe he said that the number jumps up to about $81 million in dead cap space, and that's not manageable. I saw Aaron Schatz, who's a really good analytic reporter of the NFL, come out today. I can't remember who he chatted with, basically saying the Cardinals have a better chance of being above average in terms of their projection than Houston does. He says, if the Cardinals are going to get the first pick, it's going to come from Houston, which I agree with. This is breaking news for the show. Emma, can we see that graphic? CJ Stroud, how'd he do in his preseason debut? <laughs> Two for four, 13 yards, a big old fat pick. No Marvin Harrison for CJ Stroud as a member of the Houston Texans, but could Marvin, starving Marvin, come on over to Arizona? We'd love to see that. Wouldn't it be funny? Indirectly, as C.J. Stroud would help impact his ex-college teammate coming to Arizona with his sucky-ass play for D'Amico <laughs> Ryans, you absolutely love to see it, Bo Brock. Like, I think it was one of the most brutal misdiagnoses of where a franchise was of Nick Casario in the Houston Texans in this year's draft saying, hey, we got our quarterback. Now let's be aggressive and move back up oh, the draft oh. board and give a quarterback's oh, oh. ransom for a pass rusher. And they go out there and they just give everything to Monty Austin for it for Will Anderson Jr. And Will Anderson Jr.'s probably, you know, he could win rookie defensive player of the year. That's great. But is it really going to help the Texans win football games when they are down two starting offensive linemen already? Before Stroud threw that pick, he was sacked for a loss of 15 yards. I mean, it was just, it was, he, he had nowhere to go. 
This is not a good football team. It's going to take a Herculean effort from a quarterback like C.J. Stroud. And traditionally, Ohio State quarterbacks do not play well at the NFL level, period. Uh, not and, and that's like rookie seasons. Exclu- like They just don't play well, full stop. Yeah, I like CJ. I want him to do well. Just not, just don't do well this year, CJ, because the first pick and the third round pick it's coming to Arizona. Uh, and who knows? Like, can you imagine for this franchise what it would do to this fan base that deserves this? By the way, for Kyler Murray to come back week one, the Cardinals have a. a I'm not going to put a projection on it. Have a better season than anybody could have imagined. Houston's terrible. They get a top two or three pick, and they say Kyler. We're going to reward you and this fan base with Marvin Harrison Jr. for 2024. Let's 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 push for the playoffs. That's what this fan base needs. Now, Caleb Williams, be damned. You know, our GM talked to Caleb Williams, and you know, I think a lot of people, including myself, tend to overhype these college quarterbacks. I do think he's going to have a great year. But like I saw Kyler Murray Saturday. Kyler Murray's, while he's not overly big in terms of his stature, he's a big fucking dude, right? Caleb Williams, to me, is I think is closer in size to Kyler Murray than people want to admit. And certainly, I think Kyler Murray right now is a much better leader of men, in my opinion, at the NFL le- level than Caleb Williams is to walk into the Cardinals in 2024 and say, well, that's a playoff team. That team's going to do X, Y, and Z. I, the best is yet to come from Kyler Murray, and I think it starts this year. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I mean, the hyperbole, the hype around Caleb Williams is already... It's ridiculous. crazy. It, like NFL rookie watch. Who's it's a solid follow on social media. It gives you great clips as, as far as NFL rookies and, and guys at the collegiate level, including Caleb Williams. And they, they put, you know, quotes about Caleb Williams and they're saying, you know, he's the biggest can't miss quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. It's like, no, we were saying that about Trevor Lawrence. Like that we've like, you can't just, you can't omit that Trevor Lawrence and his, him as a prospect. Great. Never have. Yeah. He was great. Great prospect. But Caleb Williams at six, one, uh, he dealt with the injuries, but couldn't beat Utah last year. Like he, he, he was fantastic, right? He was unbelievable. Yeah. But like it, it's like when he get gets hurt, you know that that's one thing. Like, is his body going to be able to keep up with the rigors of the NFL? Like that's going to be tough as well. It's such a brutal game, and like he has to get through USC season, season un, relatively unscathed for this to all make sense, and for them to sit out there and say he's like. He he looks like Jalen Hurts. He's like, no, he's not a Jalen Hurts. At not all. Even close like his body, his body not is close. not even close. And that was on the rookie watch thing. I just think that it's it's gotten all already a little funny as far as the reporting on Caleb Williams and the hype. Jalen Hurts was one of the most gifted weight room quarterbacks we yeah. have ever seen. Like what he was squatting. I mean, go watch. We have the clip at, at PHNX Sports here on on YouTube. Our our GM Saul Bookman is what about six two. I mean, mm-hmm. he dwarfs over Caleb Williams. Now, Caleb Williams is kind of slouching. He's very soft-spoken, which people killed Kyler for. I mean, it just – I think Kyler Murray, physically, the way he looks at like now, he looks like kind of the tank version, the best version that of Russell Wilson, like circa 2014 on, 2015, 2016. And I think people – I saw Mike Sando go on Rich Eisen a couple days ago and really hammer Kyler Murray because he put together that quarterback ranking where they took polls and opinions from execs. And he's like, I'm really surprised people still rated Kyler Murray like 13th overall making excuses for him. And he basically said that if Kyler Murray plays this year, it's basically going to be a shell of himself because he can't run around and be explosive. I'm like, number one, I think Kyler Murray wants to play from the pocket anyway. And I think in this offense, he's going to be allowed to do that. They are not going to be too reliant on his lower body. 
Will he use it when necessary? Yes, but it, the Cliff Kingsbury offense, and nobody talks about this, was so broken at times that he had to manufacture offense inorganically, organically on his own. That's not that's not this offense, for better or worse. He will play within the confines of his offense, and it will be tailored to him, as Drew Petzing said, when, when was that? On Tuesday. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like this is not K-1 backyard football where he has to do everything himself. And I, again, I think we're going to see the best passing numbers of Kyler Murray when he comes back in this offense from an efficiency standpoint. I don't, I don't think he's going to be too reliant on the deep ball and his, and his legs anymore. No, he's going to play within the structure of the offense, and it's it's going to look good. And for him to come back and say he's going to be a shell of himself, I don't think that that checks off the box. And he might not have said exactly right. that. Very and, much and that's like surprising me. I didn't know that. I I saw. I thought Sando actually had one of the better you know rankings in, in where he put Kyler Murray on as far as how he kind of compares and where he ranks as far as the rest of the quarterbacks in this league instead of just lumping him in, in the sixth rank uh, tier. Uh, your boy Will Brennan fan. He's, he's cover the Seahawks now. He don't <laughs> want the Cardinals. He's an NFC well. West writer. He did cover the Seahawks more than more than anyone. I wouldn't call him a fan. I think Sando. It's pretty he's objective. Boy. He's a fanboy. No, I mean he, <laughs> he was critical of Kyler Murray based. He he thought Kyler Murray would rank far lower based on the mudslinging that has gone on, and that tells you people within the NFL they respect Kyler Murray and they respect his game. Do you see what Patrick Mahomes said about Kyler Murray recently? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that was for, but and there's a clip circulating circular around. I think that was from about. one of the past top 100 lists, not this, this past season. So I, it, to me, it's like, I think everybody's kind of catching up with the idea. Long story short, Bo, that like even Zach Stevens off air, he's like, well, what's the deal with Kyler? What's going on? So Kyler Murray could be ready in September. And that changes the entire dynamic of this season, both for the Arizona Cardinals. Colt McCoy is asked to play half the season. Season could un- unravel quick. Kyler Murray plays and plays early and, and is able to grow with some of these young receivers like Michael Wilson. We'll see from our guy Greg Dortch, I think, is, is poised for a big year. I, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for this team. Even with even with all their struggles and their holes on the defensive line, they have a fourth-place schedule and they play in the NFC. And If you get Kyler Murray for 15 games, 16 games, a great it's a great place to be just let your chips fall where they may at that point yeah speaking of chips you can get great chips at our friends over at circle k johnny yes you sure can not only can you get the best gas but the most premium gas for not a premium price again i stopped off at circle k earlier today so i i filled up my tank right significantly less than a rival down the street that i did the math in my head and it was like 15 dollars less than what i would have paid right then i went inside and I scored me a buy one, get one free Polar Pop. I've got them both waiting out there for me. I finished half of one. They're so effing big, 32 outs, right? Text PHNX to 31310. You join their exclusive SMS subscriber club. I do the unsweetened iced tea, but I might start dabbling. A little Diet Coke, right? A little root beer action. Love that. Stay cool longer at Circle K, especially when it's 115 degrees outside. They've also got their own snack selection. So snack selection that is branded with Circle K that tastes better than the big name brand stuff. And it's cheaper, but they also have best coffee, beer, snack selection. I was at a creamer the other morning, ran over, robust selection. It's my one-stop shop. Thankfully, it's just two minutes away from my house. If you're wondering where the Circle K is nearest to you, check circlek.com slash store locator. Again, so fired up to be partnered with our friends, Bo at Circle K. 
I'm also fired up about a brand new partnership that we have with Wink and Countdown. Wink and its sister product, Countdown. Wink is the seltzer with a little bit of that THC, just a wink of it. W-Y-N-K, you got to check it out. Uh, this summer, of course, you're looking for those ice cold beverages and wink is the next one that you need to purchase for yourself perfect thc to cbd balance that golden ratio that everybody's looking for get in on wink now and its sister product did i mention that wink is made in-house with zero calories sugar or alcohol it's just got that perfect balance of cbd to thc also check out countdown get ready to lift off with countdown available in seven states including our great state of arizona or may wherever you may be watching this podcast uh check it see if you have Countdown, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Ohio, and Maine. Ready to escape the ordinary. You're just moments away. Have liftoff with Countdown, available in 2.5 and 5 milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in AZ. Uh, check out all their great products at drinkwink.com. That's drinkwink.com. And check them out, uh, of course, here at Good Dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson when you're down in the old Pueblo. you got to be 21 years or older. Um, you do not have to be 21 years or older to watch the preseason game tomorrow, but it is on late. So if you're younger, ask your parents, but also <laughs> PHNX Cardinals post-game show, 10.30 roughly with myself, Saul Bookman, Bo Brock. It's the debut of Clayton Toon professionally. Colt McCoy will start that game, we assume, right? right. Gannon said he's going to play, but he's ahead on the depth chart. We'll see Michael Wilson, Paris Johnson Jr., Bo Brock, your predictions for tomorrow night. Let's start with this. Who has the most to prove, in your opinion? You only get three of these preseason games now. We don't assume a bunch of the starters are going to play the last game against Minnesota. So, in your opinion, going into tomorrow night, who is under the microscope for this team? Yeah, I'm not expecting to see a whole lot of James Conner. I think that Conner is one of the more proven commodities, one of a few proven commodities on this roster. So, a guy that they... You know, we're a little skeptical over, obviously, by bringing in running depth, running back depth with Marlon Mack. So I think Keontae Ingram is somebody to watch tomorrow. Can he grab a spot? Can he grab that RB2 spot? Or do they have to maybe keep Corey Clement in that, in that conversation? Or is he going to be a third down back for this team? So Keontae Ingram, a uh, couple spots on the offensive line. Center position, Yelda Froteholt. He's got, it seems like this team wants him to win this spot, but he's got Pet Affline. Uh, kind of nipping at his heels, a guy with way more experience in the NFL starting at that position. And then Elijah Wilkinson, who makes less money, I think, than Dennis Daly, but he's starting ahead of him at the left guard spot. I don't think he can have any mishaps at that spot. I mean, that's that's who I'm looking at offensively. And then Michael Wilson to continue to take advantage of opportunities. It doesn't feel like from when we talked to Hollywood Brown that he's going to play tomorrow. So Michael Wilson in practice has been playing that Hollywood role. So there's he gonna he's gonna start right off the bat. And right off the bat, you know, we heard Zach Stevens say it, they're gonna play most of their starters for Denver. Jonathan Gannon said earlier this week, what's the next thing that he wants to see from Mike Wilson? Can he get open against Patrick Sertan? There's your opportunity right there. Hope to see that matchup and, and, and interested to see how, you know, can Wilson, the third round pick out of Stanford, how he matches up against one of the best corners in the league. Let's flip to the defensive side and two guys that stood out on the depth chart, Bull Brock, for different reasons. Cameron Thomas, to me, has a chance, I think, to put a stranglehold on this pass rusher group as Zayvon Collins continues to transition from inside backer and, you know, how we feel about Dennis Gardeck on this program. Nice player, but special teamer. I'd love to see Cameron Thomas 
get after Russell Wilson. And, and big numbers, 97, solidify himself as the go-to pass rusher until Majay Sanders comes back, until B.J. Ojolari is ready. I, I don't think we expect B.J. Ojolari to play. He might. It's just he, he barely practiced since coming off a of PUP. And then one of the guys that we all just assume would start with his pedigree is Rashad Lawrence. But yet yeah. he's, what, third on the depth chart for a defensive tackle group that let's say is lacking in talent to me, it's like Rashad Lawrence needs to, if he's truly not playing until the second quarter, the third quarter, which is a tough reality for that young man. I'd love to see him eat. I'd love to see him do well and continue to make the rise up of that. But maybe they're just like, Hey, Rashad, you didn't play last year. You, we didn't draft you. You gotta, you gotta earn our respect and work your way up. And I, the Cardinals aren't talented enough, in my opinion, to not play Rashad Lawrence and to not at least have him be part of the rotation. But maybe he's terrible now. Suddenly, maybe he just gets run over by offensive linemen and running backs run through him. I, that's not been the case at training camp. I just, it feels like they're sending a message to him of, of some kind because even guys on the flip side, the offensive line, like the two, you know, interior O linemen that they they drafted last year in Lasita Smith and Marquise Hayes, like Gannon spoke glowingly about Marquise Hayes lately. I, I'm a little concerned for Rashad Lawrence, Bo. Yeah. And it, it is it, you. You thought that was that was one of the few defensive linemen that uh, you, you knew something about, and a guy that could play, right? That you'd yeah. seen him play, you know, impactful downs, win healthy at the NFL level for the Arizona Cardinals, and the other guys, even like Jonathan Ledbetter, who we saw quite a bit of last year. He seems to be the guy that's kind of taking advantage of it. Nick Rollins said he's even doing it through a leadership role. Yeah. So you've got Ledbetter, you've got Lucky Fotu, who's who I was shocked to see ahead of Richard Lawrence. And he's with the ones on the depth chart. Now you obviously take the depth chart with a grain of salt and we'll see how it plays out tomorrow. Uh, looking at the chat, somebody was saying Buddha Baker's got a lot to prove. Uh, Jacob Galloway saying that. I don't know if he necessarily has a lot to prove as far as this game goes, um, you know, I think Buddha probably one of the few guys along with James Conner that you could just say, hey, take the night off, prepare yourself for week one against Washington. Of course, we'll probably see him at least in in the week two against the, the Chiefs. We don't know for sure. Um, and, and then like the, the two position change guys in Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. I mean, it's really going to be fascinating to see how they go up against guys not wearing their own uniform like is Zayvon Collins going to have a mean streak that we've been looking for, even when he was off-ball linebacker? Is he going to be physical enough? Is he going to be able to get off when when a when offensive lineman or a blocker puts a hat on him? Is he going to have you know the technique to kind of slide out of that or the physicality, one or both? Uh, I want to see that on full display tomorrow. I just I don't anticipate. When's the last time that you remember a training camp tweeting out or seeing from somebody else that Zayvon Collins just exploded and had a, a really nice maybe faux tackle for loss or look really good at pass rusher. I just don't think it, it's happened yet. And again, I'm willing to give him time to, to convert, but I, I feel like, and I hope this doesn't happen. Tomorrow's going to be a night where people are, are on number 25. They're worse. We're Zavin. He's getting run over, you know, Denver probably is going to run right at him. He's a converted inside linebacker. And this is not a, an overnight change. This is something that's going to take time. So when the pass rush is lacking, if it's lacking, he's out there. I just, I'm at, I'm going to preach patience with Zavid because I know it's a process. But it, I mean, the season's in a couple of weeks, and he's a starter right now. How long does that last? If he struggles and BJ and Maje come back and they look more explosive, you got to go with yeah. the productive guys. But 
I mean, Zavin did not look good. In my opinion, you could disagree with this, Bo, during the red and white scrimmage. The offensive tackles for the Cardinals really dominated the defensive line for Arizona. And again, I, I, I think Zavin has potential, but it's going to take time, and it, the time is not in August for him to flash, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I hear Zach Stevens talk about, you know, Russell Wilson stacking good days. I, I still don't want him to find it, even if it's week one of the preseason. I don't want the Cardinals to be the team that Russell Wilson up far too often during his tenure in Seattle where, for him to get right. And that's going to take the cornerbacks having a, a decent game uh, and slowing down that passing attack. That's another position, you know, as Garrett Williams gets healthier, he remains on the non-football injury list, re rehabbing in his ACL tear. But, you know, it's it's Marco Wilson, it's Antonio Hamilton, it's Christian Matthew, it's Keetra Clark. You know, who's going to emerge out of that group? Uh, Kyler McDaniel, who I've seen make some plays in training camp. It, it should be interesting, but I just I, I really don't have an appetite to see Russell Wilson, even in the preseason, have a good game against the Cardinals. Uh, how how about an, uh, like an Isaiah Simmons interception of uh, Love Russell to see Wilson? It. Uh, Mr. J saying, I think it'll take Zayvon longer to switch than Isaiah. I agree with that. I think I, I think Isaiah Simmons is in his most comfortable position. Look, I, I think mean, Zayvon Collins was off-ball linebacker. Like, he, he had the ability, like, if he just ran his angles correctly to avoid any any physical touch from an offensive lineman or a blocker. Like, he's going to be right up there. He's right at the closest point of attack outside of a nose tackle. Isaiah's all the way back. And I think that that's just an easier transition. And also, Isaiah played a little bit of that in college at Clemson under Brett Venables. It just feels like, I know it's not the right term, but it's like, it's like cherry picking for Isaiah Simmons. You know, like you have that guy and you play pickup basketball and yeah. he just runs to the other end. Right. Says, hey, I'm open. Give me the rebound. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> Isaiah Simmons is going to do that this year in the right. best possible way. Like bad pass deflected. I'll take that. Right. I'll yeah. help break up this pass. Right. I can't get exposed in this situation. I, it would be really nice for Isaiah to come out and just have a really good night in front of the home crowd, be part of the starting unit along with Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker. Right. And, and clean up some messes on the back end. Because, again, you can't doubt, when you watch this team practice, like he's one of the most physically imposing human beings on the team. And so they need him out there, right? At, at the end of the day, they don't – the same thing about Rashad Lawrence and Cameron Thomas. Like, they're not good enough not to play those guys because what's behind them is not great. That's why people think they could have one of the worst records in the NFL. So I would love to see Isaiah Simmons start the ball rolling on. Hey, I have my confidence back. I have my swagger back from my Clemson days. Vance Joseph's on the other sideline. I don't have to worry about him. I've got JG and Nick Rallis in my corner. The the enablement of positive development and, and putting young players in positions to succeed, I think is going to help guys play play free and easy. And man, I just I really want to beat Sean Payton. I, I don't want Sean Payton to come in this building and and go up and down the field and for JG and the and the you know people on Twitter saying Gannon wasn't right. qualified because you know it's gonna right. come out just like we're overreacting to CJ yeah. Todd tonight. People will come after JG if, if the Cardinals lose oh, to yeah. him tonight. Yeah, Philly's Twitter will go crazy. Uh they'll drag him and then you know the Broncos fans will be spiking their football in the end zone saying, Hey, look, look at our guy. He we brought in the right guy, he fixed Russ, and there will be Sean Payton strutting up and down the sidelines, like, yep. Yep, it I was a disastrous I, I coaching staff it. last year, and I fixed it. I was the guy. I don't want to see that. I want to see Russell Wilson revert back to the garbage can that he was to start <laughs> camp in the garbage can that he was all of 2022. 
Uh, Vance Joseph is going to bench his rookies in the preseason. I mean, he benched <laughs> them into the regular season in, in Arizona. I, again, Vance, good man. Important to Vance. Not a, not a, not a great defensive coordinator. They, Vance is probably so like finding reasons to make things important to where he doesn't, they don't have the luxury of guys going out there and learning like, yeah, it's can't play Drew Sanders. I can't play Riley Moss. I, I have to play. This Did you see this undrafted free yeah. agent we signed? He had five years in the CFL, guys. We really have to consider. Well, that's the right. first round pick, man. No, no, no. Trust me on this, guys. The difference, though, is not to backtrack too much to what Zach said, but like Cliff didn't have the clout, in my opinion, to say just fucking play Isaiah Simmons and David Collins. Right. Where Sean Payton will get up in Vance Joseph's face and be like, you want to stay employed here? You play right. the young players, play the best yeah. players. Like the Vance was like at times the co-head coach here. And that was, that was part of the problem. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And, and he said, you know, as far as his comments on Vance, like we saw Vance, like once you're fired from a job, like you kind of become a little Teflon after that. Yeah. Like you've been through the worst. Like when, when you have your dream job and it goes as disastrous as it did in Denver, you, you start to kind of become somebody that is a little bit of a, like you're a little looser. And I think Vance is probably looser this second time around. He's lost two jobs since then. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's got nothing left to lose at this point. So yeah, he's going to be a little bit more transparent with them and, and have a little bit better head on his shoulders about the reality of this league. I think that's just where he talks from. And before he was trying to hold on to his gig in Denver as a head coach with, with whatever he could hold on to it. Remember when we were out in Neapolis and we saw Vance and Zach went up to him and I said, Bo, do you think he'll recognize you? And you're like, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm <laughs> Vance Joseph. <laughs> and then and then somebody put their arm around me and he said, Hey, it's me, EB. And That's it right. was Eric Burkhart, famously now from the Johnny Menzel documentary where Menzel had the runner outs for Johnny Menzel. Having to lay out and catch passes. I've seen the clip so far. I, yeah. I am going to check out the documentary. It seems like it's unbelievable. But the clip, when you when people go in on Kyler, and I don't even know if they did, did they go in on Johnny. when I, I don't remember him uh, about his study habits, but they said they looked at his iPad and how often he opened it, and it was 0.0 out, like minutes. Like he looked at his playbook. He never looked at his playbook. It was unreal. Uh, yeah. And if you see Eric Burkhart in that documentary, which rep Johnny dropped him, then picked him back up, uh, and then reps Kyler Murray, a bunch of quality NFL players. He's exactly like that in person. And, and he's, he's doing pretty well for himself, but yeah, yeah Johnny Manziel, not, not so much he's out of the NFL now. So I think so. I saw some people are like, did he get sober? But then he's like drinking a beer in the documentary. It was just, this, it was just strange. It was a strange documentary. I don't know. I remember uh, my first time on the Twitter streets. I remember at Johnny's football. That was that was the old Johnny venerable Twitter account. That was the first time I think uh, we got the gang together. Yeah, that's the one that got deleted because I said, you know, the Cardinals. They, no, I can't draft Kyler Murray. <laughs> hold me to it, Bird Gang. Uh, I'm going to hold everybody to it right now that they're going to go to gophnx.com, the merchandise locker, and pick up this Greg Dorch T-shirt. Like nothing will get you fired up more for tomorrow night's matchup against the Broncos as Greg Dorch scores multiple tutties than to pick up this fire Greg Dorch t-shirt. Go phnx.com right now if you're thinking to yourself, I just I want to go I want to go nuts at the merchandise locker, but I want the first one to be on you, Johnny. No problem. Pick up this t-shirt, this hat, whatever you want. Become a diehard. As Bo mentioned yesterday on the show, 
it is imperative. Get your diehards in now, right? Go phnx.com. You will have access to everything and anything this fall at BetMGM. Anything you want to do, any kind of hangout, any kind of delicacy. We got some food coming up. The GM Saul Bookman has teased it. It is elite. Drink specials, whatever. Hanging on the great lawn in the exclusive area with your boys. What? Uh, go phnx.com. <laughs> get a membership. Pick up a free hat and or t-shirt. It can be Dorch. It can be the celebratory T-Bow's rocking. How about the Hollywood Hills? Whatever you want. Dabble. The material is elite. We have elite sales. You can stack promo codes on promo codes. Free shipping over 50 bucks. Whatever you want to do. It is the hottest gear in the Valley. Nothing brings a tear to my to my eye and my heart more, Bo, than we go out to training camp and I see PHNX Cardinals gear in the stands. It's fucking awesome. It's the best part about what we do, and it's thanks to all of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just want to see a sea of the Greg Dorch shirts out there. It's a yes. fire shirt. Absolutely get in on that. PHNXlocker.com over my shoulder. OGs. There it oh. is. OGs brands. Can't beat it. Of course, Arizona's favorite cannabis kitchen cooking up all the delicious gummies, and now you can get them in mixed bag form. You can find out if you're a fruit or a cream kind of guy or gal out there. Also tap into their pink lemonade gummies. They've been here for the summer months. They can continue to be here only for a limited time. So get in, get that tangy, fresh hint of red berry and plenty of sugar gummy that's going to take you back, sitting on the front porch, listening to a ball game, and drinking some ice-cold lemonade. That's taking it too far back. That's like, I don't think anybody's alive. There was on like in the 1960s on their porch drinking lemonade. Maybe that's an old, old reference, but we had somebody in the chat in YouTube comments yesterday saying they've been following the team since 88. So yeah. maybe, they, maybe they were a kid in the sixties and <laughs> no, I don't think so. That guy definitely, uh, deep pain is not a, a guy from the sixties by any stretch, but he's been around here for 88 since 1988, since the, the uh, franchise came out here and uh, yeah. appreciate his kind words. Uh, Pink Lemonade, drop in June 24, or drop June 21st. Get it while you can. Check OG's, all their products online, ogsbrands.com. That's ogsbrands.com, and you can find them in your local dispensary. you got to be 21 years or older to purchase. That sleep time gummy from OG's does not mess around. Like, if, if you want some of the best sleep you've had, uh, it's hard for me to sleep now because the NFL is right around the corner. It's like yeah. Christmas morning, fantasy football, gambling. It's like, pop an OG's, you're in good shape. All right. Prediction for tomorrow night, Bo Brock. You'll be at State Farm Stadium. You'll join the postgame show. Myself, the GM Saul Bookman, immediately following the game, 10, 1030. Keep it posted here on PHNX Sports. Ring that bell for notifications. What's your score? Prediction tomorrow. Uh, I'm hoping to see a little bit more of a, uh, I guess, uh, it, was, it was a little sloppy in the scrimmage, right? We saw a bunch of flags, saw the offense go backwards a little bit. I'm hoping they clean that up. In the last couple of days, week since the red and white scrimmage, and and once the lights come on, teams more disciplined. Um, but that that being said, I th I think that this is I, I'd love for you to cash in. I, I honestly don't know like uh, what what the Broncos down their depth chart, how that's going to play out. I bet it's not very good. Cardinals I'm just getting, I'm guessing. Yeah, and, and it's I think it's a coin. I honestly think it's a coin flip. Uh, just when you take your starters out. Um, so I mean, I think I just want to see the Cardinals play this. I want to see this new brand of football. I want to see a bunch of the players that they brought in, especially the young guys. And I want to see a lot of what I witnessed in training camp, like the Michael Wilsons, the Paris Johnson juniors and, and where they had success to continue to have that success against an opponent. That's not their own teammate, uh, in, in scrimmage. So I, I think as far as what's going to happen, 
I'll say, you know, Cardinals squeak one out. I'm not saying that this is going to be an offense that's going to come out and put up major points. So I'll just say it's a 19 to, to 15 game. I think both offenses are going to have a hard time because one team is limited because of who their quarterback is and Russell Wilson and learning a new scheme. And the other team is limited because backups upon backups and, and a new system as well. And I would love for Jonathan Gannon's defense to, to be able to come out and, and put a whooping on, on Russell and company. I think the Cardinals have a couple takeaways tomorrow. I think they enthuse their fan base. I think they have much more to play for, even in a preseason game. I think it is relatively low scoring pick and spreads. I'm going to flip you. I think it's 14-10 Cardinals tomorrow. They get the the dub. Maybe you get a you know a touchdown late from David Blau or Jeff Driscoll, who has started games. How about this? I like this. AZ fan 1988, $2 super chat. Thank you so much. 28-10 Cardinals. Johnny, I want you, I want your SIG. You don't have to, you don't need my say. Well, we can hang out at Bed MGM. I'll buy you a beer. We'll have a good time this fall. But I like that prediction, Bo Brock. 28 to 10. I would love to be able to embarrass Sean Payton. I think it would, yeah. That would make my week with regard huge. to this team. It would be great. It, I mean, they're, uh, even wins in the preseason, they don't really matter. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens have won 20-plus games in a row, and people are still kind of hesitant to even bring that up because they know as far as the result, it's meaningless. You want to see guys get the get the reps in there and, and gear up for the regular season. And, and as Jose said, you absolutely stay healthy. But uh, man, it would be great to just to just in in the slightest just take a jab at uh, at Sean Payton. Did you review the box score of Sean Payton's per, first preseason game in New Orleans? I haven't had a chance to do that. Circa what? 2011 2012 when was, was that before, it had to have been before that 2008 2009 yeah maybe i'll go back and look at that box score and see if they got smoked maybe that'll be a good telltale sign for, <laughs> for that game uh like this comment from jacob hope that paris johnson pancakes that count that'd be that'd be pretty awesome uh paris johnson jr obviously like we don't even talk about him because he feels like he's so entrenched but he's going to be on display being able to see how a tackle does against live reps uh, a lot to watch for i'm fired up Last year, they played patty cake in the preseason in route to, to looking <laughs> like like the pajama party club against KC in week one. I don't think that that's going to happen tomorrow. What I, I do think is going to happen is you're going to get the most elite coverage you can find here in the desert and beyond. PHNX Cardinals on Twitter. Keep it locked in. Bo will be at the game. Myself, the GM Saul Bookman, standing by for the post game. Bo Brock, I'm fired up, my friend. It is officially football season. Follow him at Bo Brock. I am at Johnny Venerable. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you Friday night.